0: Episode 37. Today, I speak with Ethan Steininger from Compared Care about making healthcare costs transparent. American healthcare entrepreneurs and executives you want to know talking, relentlessly seeking value. It strikes me in this push to make patients accountable for the healthcare services that they are selecting, that there is one very important aspect that is missing. And that is that in attempting to empower patients to be responsible for the cost of their care, And in attempting to help them to choose healthcare services that have the highest value, part of that value equation is cost. Value equals quality divided by cost. But today, the cost of services is incredibly opaque. In fact, very many people only realize how much something costs after they get the bill. Ethan Steininger, who I am speaking with today, who is the founder and CEO of Compared Care, Indicates one of the major reasons for bankruptcy in this country today is medical expenses. And one of the reasons why that's so is that people don't understand what they're buying until after they get the bill. Compared care is a web based service which compares the prices of healthcare services in the local area. In other words, an MRI at one facility might cost literally thousands of dollars more than an MRI delivered someplace else compared care shows, it's kind of like a Google shopping, it it shows how much a similar service costs in one facility uh, versus another. Ethan and I talked today about the necessity of providing this information to patients in the current healthcare environment. My name is Stacey Richter, and this podcast is sponsored by Franklin HealthCom. Welcome to Relentless Health Value, Ethan. Hi, how are you? So let's talk a little bit about Compared Care itself. From a very, very top line, what do you guys do?
1: Compared Care is a free web platform that helps to connect consumers with high-quality, affordable providers. We're really aggregating a bunch of data sources in in order to provide a really legible, sleek interface for consumers to search specific procedures or services that they're looking for say I want a cataract surgery or any kind of procedure or service, I can search that on the website and I get a list of all of the providers in the area that offer it as well as what they typically charge. We're aggregating a bunch of public data sources as well as crowdsourcing and partnering with small insurance companies to provide a an accurate free tool to allow patients to compare their healthcare, healthcare services among top quality providers.
0: So basically I go on the website and I need to get an MRI, for example. MRI I type perfect. in MRI and, what you're, and maybe my zip code and what you're gonna show me is the list of every place in my county or within a certain driving range that I can get an MRI and what the cost is uh, of the service.
1: Yeah, that's that's a perfect example, because MRIs are one of the services that don't vary in quality among uh, different providers, basically like scans and other like commodity esque services don't vary in quality. So those are the the prime services for actually shopping around.
0: We'll get back to the quality question in a sec. But before we do that, what problem are you trying to solve? I mean, like, why exactly is as a service like compared care so important today?
1: Medical bills account for over 60% of all personal bankruptcy claims in the nation. And there have been a couple of studies that show that uh, reducing the pricing can save America over $40 billion a year. CMS is the largest allocation of budget of the, the federal budget. And really there's a, a discrepancy in, a, in awareness. And as you said, the common services such as MRIs can vary by thousands of dollars. and. Patients are typically unaware of this price disparity. And the way it's set up now is don't typically know the, the cost of a procedure until after you've been nailed with the bill. And we're trying to, to eliminate this bill confusion. And there's a trend from the Affordable Care Act where patients are selecting providers based on value, based on high value and low cost as opposed to just whether or not they were in their insurance network.
0: I thought that was very stunning, what you just said, that the price of a service like, for example, an MRI can can vary by thousands of dollars. How does that happen? Is it because I'm just thinking economics 102, you know, macroeconomics <laughs> introductory right now, where non-transparency breeds price discrepancies?
1: There's a, there's a couple of different factors involved. Uh, like you said, there's a socioeconomic disparities, and when there's any kind of market where consumers aren't typically aware of the the pricing market, then there's really free, free range to charge whatever you want, and there is no like comparison tool to uh, do that. It's not like going on Amazon and comparing all of the, the big brands and doing it in that matter, so we, we've talked to a, a couple of uh, providers, and we've noticed that a lot of them don't really know exactly what to charge, so that it's kind of the one of the services that we provide for uh, providers. We help them do like competitive analysis and help them get the the best margins for their uh, services.
0: That's interesting. There are to think about that. There are two sides to that equation. Not only are the prices opaque to patients, but they're also opaque to providers. I could imagine as a provider, if I've got some service I'm attempting to charge for and I'm sitting in my vacuum in my living room trying to figure out how much to, to charge for it, I'd very much be dependent on you know the equipment manufacturer or, or, or somebody who might not really have right. a bead on what the value of the service is in order to come up with my pricing.
1: Exactly. And when it's just like a time based service or like a, an experience based service, then there's usually not as many shareholders involved in the, the price setting equation, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So it sounds like what what compared care is really doing is offering patients a an easy way to, you know, it's kind of like Google Shopping where you go on and you can see the, the price of a similar item in at various outlets. But not only that, you're also enabling providers to really get a bead on what would be a competitive price for whatever it is that they are
1: offering. Exactly. And there's the asset of the component of market or market analysis, like what you just said. And then there's the, the fact that when they do release their prices and their consumers are aware of the service the prices of their services, and that helps to eliminate a lot of the bankruptcy claims and the, the collections agencies. And it helps the entire market as a whole. And there have been a couple studies, studies. Uh, I can reference one from uh, JAMA where employers offered, it was a controlled study where employers offered uh, service such as Cast Light Health to their employees. And it showed that there had been a huge decrease in the employer's health plan spending. Uh, the example I had was there was a 14% drop in cost for laboratory services and a 13% drop in cost for imaging. So it's apparent that when these prices are made aware to the the consumers and they have the ability to select based on cost for these tests and imaging services that don't vary in quality, it goes full circle. Everybody wins.
0: It seems like everyone is very focused on the first part of part one of what you said, which is making patients accountable for the the price of the things that, that are being purchased. In other words, having high deductible plans, which are being devised in order to attempt to draw the patient in to the cost of their own care. But there's very little being done as far as the second part of that equation, which is enabling the patient to figure out how to select the best priced care. Mm-hmm. The, the way that it seems to be going down right now is, all right, you've got a high deductible plan. You're accountable for your you know, care and for selecting care. But it's almost a black and white choice. It's do you get the service or don't you? As opposed to, can you find the service at a price you can afford?
1: Exactly, and when you give them the ability or the, the knowledge to select, as opposed to just getting the EOB from their insurance plan, they're, they're more involved in the process of selecting. They know that they're, the selection of their, the services, the services that they choose, have a greater, there's a greater focus on selecting the more affordable ones as opposed to just the ones that are in their network as opposed to just the insurance company taking care of it as you said the high deductible plans would be a, a great focus for that kind of experiment.
0: Let's circle back to what you had mentioned earlier which is the the quality part of this equation. I mean obviously value is quality divided by cost. You know that's the definition of of value. Mm-hmm. So we've got the cost part of this equation. I know that whenever the issue of price transparency is mentioned, the quality variables are always something that providers or, for example, hospitals will inevitably bring up. Is your service really primarily designed for what might be called, you know, commodity services where quality is, is the variability in quality is minimal or is there room for other services which might be a little bit more quality heavy yeah
1: yeah so the original plan was to focus on uh the out-of-network services so that's typically specialties that don't have too great of insurance coverage so that's your your eye care dental holistic acupuncture chiropractors home health care there's a there's a ton of different specialties that insurance companies don't typically want to get a hold of so that was the original focus we found that a lot of people are using our service, searching for uh, testing services, like scanning services, and that's really helped to uh, give us a sense of what the the market needs. And these kinds of services, like MRIs, they they really add up when the consumers aren't aware of the cost upfront. We're we're really just transitioning into seeing what exactly the the consumers need, and we've been working on a kind of a a quality algorithm That takes into account providers, education, affiliation, malpractice claims, how long they've been practicing, a bunch of other factors and all of the the data that we use is all public.
0: We touched on a couple of different things there. So let's let's kind of parse apart what you just were talking about. So the first thing that you kind of mentioned was trying to figure out what your focuses will be and what the consumer wants. Are you going about that in any particular way? How do you know what consumers are after?
1: We do a lot of customer surveys. We have a couple of questionnaires that we ask to our our email list. We have a lot of uh, in-person conversations with the customers in the the offices that want to house us. We have a lot of analytic tools that automatically determine what the most common services are. And obviously we tweak everything according to the usability testing. It's it's stuff like that. And it really helps the, the wider the tools to analyze these kinds of needs that the consumers have, the more accurate our product market fit is. So That's ultimately what we're looking to get is developing a tool that is exactly what the market needs. And we're getting some, some progress with, with our, our growth.
0: You also mentioned briefly where your data comes from. Do you, do you want to get into that a little bit more
1: thoroughly? Medicare released a couple of databases semi-recently. I think it was like October. It was before October, but they're, re- they're releasing them semi-regularly, probably every month updating them. But it's like a, a provider comparison database as well as a charges and utilization database. And there were a couple others that were aggregating and consolidating for uh, consumers. But basically these, these show all of the providers Informations with a unique identifier, their NPI number, and all the charges that they've gotten reimbursed for via Medicare. We're working on a tool to allow patients to, say, to share their bills anonymously. Set to release soon. Uh, we're working on partnerships with medical billing companies, small medical billing companies that, and hospitals. Yeah, we've noticed that a lot of hospitals are reaching out to us and actually advocating their uh, price transparency. And I think it was, it's New York and some other state is mandating uh, that pricing be completely transparent in the hospital setting.
0: Yeah. And it's funny because I'm I'm typing on my computer right now, (laughs) the reaction of some hospitals in New York to the price transparency mandate. And there were certain hospitals which were incredibly upset by the price transparency mandate and were predicting Armageddon of, of sorts. The same thing in um, in Massachusetts. Yeah. Do, do you see that some hospitals are very amenable and looking toward the price transparency and others are completely opposed to it?
1: Or what there's, trends have you seen? There's like two ways to look at this. It's One is People want to continue doing what they're comfortable with, and the only way to innovate is to change. It's an inevitable process in our in the healthcare industry. Obviously, it's flawed right now, and it needs to change and it needs to innovate in order to get ahead. The way to do go about that is ultimately peer pressure. With states one by one mandating these, it's, it's a domino effect, and we see that hospitals have been they've been giving us spreadsheets of all of their charge data and asking us to put it on there. And it's an exciting movement because housing all of this data and making it evident to the consumer would really help the hospitals as well. Because going back to what I said, the, the really expensive hospitals pay a ton in collections agencies, and they probably have a lot of their budget allocated to the billing support services. A lot of that would be minimized when consumers are when they have the knowledge of the full price of a service.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because I'm looking at an article that was in the capitalnewyork.com website. And here's a quote from Kathleen Shore, who is the senior vice president at the Greater New York Hospital Association Quote, We are very concerned that the study's narrow focus will lead to faulty, incomplete conclusions. And the title of the article is State Transparency Study Spooks Hospitals and Insurers. Mm. so it seems like some hospitals are not on board
1: yeah and it goes back to the the common way of thinking and what they're comfortable with obviously the more expensive I'm gonna say ego driven hospitals are going to be uncomfortable with their prices being made transparent because if there's a hospital that that people fly around the country to to visit and they are known to be one of the top hospitals as well as one of the most expensive hospitals then they're not going to be for this. And we've talked to a couple of hospital systems that are, are just like that.
0: That's a perfect segue into the, the quality part of this of this value equation. I mean, the fact of the matter is, is that I'm perfectly well aware that if I go to Fifth Avenue to purchase a new button-down shirt, it's going to cost a whole lot more than if I go to purchase a button-down shirt at Walmart but it's not like there's no crowds on on the Fifth Avenue sidewalks. Mm-hmm. So despite the fact that people understand that something is going to cost more, they are willing to pay the price if they think that the value equation still works. In other words, that the quality is sufficient to justify the cost. Right. Is healthcare on that same subject to that same rule? In other words, are, do we feel that consumers are unable to evaluate quality, therefore they are unable right. to make that quality decision, which is why the hospitals are so, you know, in quotes, spooked by this?
1: Right. So we're, we're obviously a social people and we rely on, on our peers' recommendations, referrals, reviews, and that's kind of how the system is right now. Uh, take a look at the top three doctor review sites. They all get their quality indicators from patient reviews these aren't as accurate as they could be. A lot of doctors get bad reviews because of dumb reasons, like maybe their air conditioning was lower. And I've seen reviews like that, and that's really diminishing doctors' quality ratings. Having a a method of going about that in a a less biased way would be extremely beneficial to the system as a whole. So do you
0: feel that these hospitals and providers who are adamantly opposed to price transparency are actually being somewhat naive to consumer consumption and information trends in the sense that it's not like this isn't going along anyway. In other words, there are already sites out there which are evaluating providers, whether they like it or not, and that what you're offering, which is a more objective way to evaluate quality or evaluate value, you know, Mm -hmm. quality divided by by cost that these hospitals that actually do provide that that people are flocking to from all over the country and probably rightfully so, you know, they're they're flocking there because there are people at the top of their their fields that work there. Therefore, you could say you'd hopefully say that the outcomes that these hospitals are providing are superior. Right. Therefore, they should charge more. If you're looking at a a value equation, they have the the wherewithal to do so. But by not factoring in objective factors about that quality and enabling people who, you know, to go on Yelp even or ZocDoc or, you know, Healthgrades or any of these websites that exist, which are purely based on on consumer feedback. It's mm-hmm. actually doing themselves a disservice.
1: There've been a couple uh like you said this the movement is, has long been done and CMS actually has the PQRS the physician quality uh reporting system and the the HCAP surveys and there's a ton of other third party administrators of survey systems such as this and a lot of them are just questionnaires and that goes back to what I said with the, the social aspect and the, the social proof that reviews from your peers provide. You're absolutely right. There needs to be an objective way of reviewing the, the quality of providers and tackling outcomes is a whole league of its own, which is where uh, a partnership would be extremely beneficial in that matter.
0: When you say a partnership, you, are you, do you mean that you're looking to, to partner? Yeah.
1: Absolutely. We're looking to partner with a couple other quality aggregates, third-party quality aggregates. There are a couple that we're we're in contact with, fingers crossed, in the
0: future. <laughs> Good luck, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> um, so effectively what we've got going on here is you guys are trying to tackle quality as well as cost. And you said that you're getting your data for the cost portion of the e- equation from new data sets which have recently been released by CMS. Mm-hmm. So effectively we've got, you know, like the National Weather Service has that NOAA that releases all the, 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 the weather information. Is CMS trying to provide data like that?
1: I'm not familiar with NOAA. Is that just like the trends in the weather?
0: Yeah. You know, it's it's basically the National Weather Service is providing to this this sort of, I'm not sure if it's free or how exactly you hook into it, but all
1: of the, all of the giant spreadsheet is what it is.
0: It's just sort of some giant spread, giant database somewhere. And then all of the, you know, weather bug and the weather channel and all of those guys, that's where they're getting their data from. So all of the different outlets where you can go in order to get your weather news from the data that they're using all comes from this NOAA database. Do you, is that sort of the idea that CMS is working under right now, that they want to provide this data set and then enable sites like yours to, to use this data in order to provide health transparency?
1: I think it's interesting that you asked that because there's, there's, a, there's a couple of aspects to that. One is the fact that the databases that they release are incredibly convoluted. And uh, for a while the only way to, to to use them would be to use Microsoft Access or a, a, a SQL based uh, database management system. but since then they've released it in a, a tabulated text file That was beneficial. Uh, I do think that they're trying to encourage entrepreneurs such as myself to utilize these databases and help to improve, the the system as a whole. I know CMS has an innovation department of which we've been trying to get a hold of. And they, systems like that do encourage entrepreneurship and innovation with, as going back to what I said, the the innovation in the healthcare industry as a whole.
0: That's where your cost data is coming from, from these, the CMS data set, which has been released. And then you also had mentioned that this is overlaid by crowdsourced information. Right. Uh, And you had mentioned that what you're attempting to do right now is to build a tool so that people could upload their bills and it would be presented in a de-identified way. Exactly. How's that going?
1: We're in the development of it. We're developing uh, some mobile applications as well as a web-based platform for uh, kind of using uh, an optical character recognition algorithm that where people can simply, they can just take a picture of their bill and they can cross out uh, identifying information, or, and we cross out the, the identification information in the database, it, it would really help to aggregate all of the data, and it would make us real unique in the marketplace. We're, we're set to release it soon, and it's going to be extremely simplistic. We want to create some incentives for them to do it, whether it be like coupons or what have you. It's difficult because if you do that, then you need to have some kind of identifying factor with uh, communication with them. There's a lot of uh, HIPAA compliance aspects to it.
0: They could see how that that is going to be an instrumental capability to figure out. And I'm, I'm thinking specifically, my, my husband actually had a minor outpatient surgery recently. And while they were doing this procedure, they decided they noticed something, you know, while they were in the middle of it and decided mm-hmm. to fix it. Uh, And I'm sure evidence-based medicine might predicate that while they were in there, they might as well just fix something. Unfortunately, his insurance didn't cover the other thing. So I understand exactly what you're saying, where as a consumer, you think something's covered and then all of a sudden you get a bill for a couple of grand because something was done during a surgical procedure, which you didn't choose.
1: Right. Um, Surprise charges was another that going back to the surveys that we've had, surprise charges and facility fees are among the, the main things in the itemized bills that people are confused about. Helping to eliminate that confusion would be extremely beneficial.
0: And it would also be interesting to see whether there are certain facilities where surprise charges happen with far greater regularity. In other words, you wonder how many of these surprise charges are generated because the organization is attempting to follow evidence-based medicine protocols versus, I'm, I'm not sure if I want to, well, let's just put it this way. There's a lot of economically driven reasons why things happen. In fact, we've had one guest after another on this program if that anecdotal experience is, is any uh, benchmark of larger trends. But one mm-hmm. after another guest has said, basically, if it gets reimbursed, it's going to happen. So it could be very interesting
1: to say. Uh, I see where you're going with this. If they if they release maybe their their pricing, that could be an, another incentive clause in, uh, in Obamacare, you think?
0: Well, where I was headed with it, and we can certainly talk about what your impression is, what what I was thinking is that it could be interesting because it would enable, by having transparent prices, what it enables is for a consumer to look at, at how sensitive any given Provider is to economic forces? In other words, do you have some providers whose surprise charges seem to crop up all the time for all kinds of things Uh, versus other providers, which it doesn't? And you kind of wonder. You know, I can see how this gets into a really gray territory because, you know, for example, in my husband's case, did they provide those extra services because it would be a really bad idea to just simply notice them, write them on a chart and then ask him to have another surgery where they fix them? I mean, it might make perfect quality sense to do what they did while he was already in there for this arduous procedure. On the other hand, maybe not maybe maybe those surprise charges were economically motivated how do you know
1: right yeah there could be the the driving force the relative market in the area but i think going back to what you said with the making the surprise the consistency of the surprise bills evident i think when if you know that that you're going to be given a surprise bill you're less likely to to go there obviously but in the case of i guess your husband it's an emergency related procedure, there's really not much shopping around you can do. And if the insurance companies did reimburse for uh, the providers that have less of these surprise charges, I think that would be a huge driving force towards more transparency aside from just cost more transparency in the way they operate their practice, more transparency in their margins, their facility fees. And that's the way a lot of other industries have headed. In your your auto bill, this is frequently an analogy that I like to make. When you get your car fixed, it shows you all the mechanic purchased in order to do it. But then there's that big lump of a that labor fee. So that, that's kind of analogous to the physician's experience in, in that matter.
0: Would you think that, that this is one of the most important factors that's going to drive value and really improve patient outcome and decrease costs, this, this transparency?
1: I think there's a, a couple different factors to it. But the transparency is a trend that's growing at a rate that is foreseeable in the future. So I think once the ability to shop around for services becomes apparent, the quality will become a more evidence-based system for measuring, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, it really does, and I, and it's interesting to continue that trajectory of thought in the sense that when price becomes transparent, then it becomes incumbent on the provider to justify the a measure quality. Right. In other words, by revealing the parts of that equation, which is very quantitative, the more qualitative aspect of the equation quality. Can I can I say that qualitative quality? Um, yeah, redundant. <laughs> actually, it, it sheds great light on it. There, an, there is an entry point to evaluate the, the quality side of that equation.
1: Right, and when the market or the industry healthcare industry has been closed off for so long, it just needs some kind of kind of breakaway point, and the CMS database release was huge in the all of the health healthcare transparency blogs. They were all very excited about it, and it's things like that that are kind of nibbling away at the opaqueness that is the cost transparency market. CMS is doing a progressively better job with measuring quality with the, the PQRS and the the HCAP surveys and they are providing incentives for, uh, improvement in that matter. I know that, uh, the better the HCAP surveys that hospitals receive, the higher their quality is. They get, they get more reimbursements for that, but we don't see that on the, the provider level just yet. So as soon as it transitions, and I, I think they just have to have the, the proof that this is actually improving their outcomes. I know a lot of the questions asked are, are kind of emotional, like, did your nurse provide you with warm blanket? That really helps to determine where they need to focus their resources. Having that in the, the small office and provider setting would be extremely beneficial as well.
0: So if someone is interested to learn more about compared care, where, where can they find that info?
1: Compared care is the website. You can go to comparedcare.com. Uh, that's past tense compared. We're on Twitter and Facebook, obviously, and that's just compared care. Our handles on both of them, or you can email me. My email address is Ethan. It's E T H A N at comparedcare.com.
0: Thanks so much for being on the program, Ethan.
1: All right, thank you for having me.
0: Links to everything discussed during the episode today can be found at relentlesshealthvalue.com. I'll tell you the other thing that you will find at relentlesshealthvalue.com, and that is a way to subscribe to the show. If you subscribe, the cool thing is that you don't have to remember to go to the website every week to download the new episode. It will automatically be sent to you in one of two ways. The first way is you can type in your email address in the, there's a a sidebar on the right-hand side of the website where you will find a place that you could type in your email address and then you will get an email once a week with a a link to download the episode. So that's one way to go. The second is also in that same right-hand sidebar on the Relentless Health Value website, you will find a large orange dot. If you click on that dot, then you'll get taken to a place where you can click on the subscribe button in iTunes. If you click on that, then each week your iTunes will automatically download the episode, which you could choose to listen to on your computer or on the podcast app on your mobile phone. If you enjoyed this episode, please, I beg you, uh, it would be really, really helpful if you would rate and review the show either on iTunes or interact with us on Twitter. Our um, Twitter handle is Relentless with only one S, health. So Relentless with only one S, health. I would love to hear from you. We would find it very inspiring over here at the Relentless Health Value podcast. I thank you so much for tuning in and so much for spending the time with us. Thank you.